Breakfast. We have on the line with us Sarah Moser, the director of the Haverhill Public Library. And Sarah, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Ah, my my pleasure. Now, um, yeah, you've been uh, closed for the last uh, gosh, how many how many weeks have you been closed now? Um, oh, geez, it feels like forever. Um, since about mid March, so it's been a long time now. I think we're in like week nine or ten at this point. Oh my gosh, that, yeah. that, is, that is a long time. And, and and before you get a chance to, to reopen, you have to dust all those shelves, right? Well, luckily there have been um, members of the staff in the building the entire time. So those of us who are deemed sort of essential, um, there's about five of us who have been coming in all along. So we have been keeping up with all of that stuff. So luckily we're a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to those sort of mundane tasks. So it won't be as bad as it could be. Well, that's good. Yeah, we've been, uh, you know, announcing things on the radio about uh, about events and activities that uh, the Haverhill Public Library has been doing, all stuff online. And uh, why don't you tell us about some of the things that? Because I know you haven't been, you, know, you haven't been completely quiet over the last nine weeks or so. Right. We've been doing basically everything we would normally be doing, but just virtually. So we have been doing all kinds of programming. Um, The staff has been really great in adapting to that change. So a lot of the stuff that we would normally be doing in the building has switched over to virtual programming, which you can access through our Facebook page and through YouTube. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, Story times for kids, uh, you know, pajama story times in the evening for kids, um, teen programming, craft programming, book discussions. Um, Some of our ongoing book groups have been meeting virtually. Um, So we've been trying to keep up with as much as we can. Anything that's really sort of possible to do virtually, we've been trying to keep up with that. And so far, so good. I think some some programs are definitely better in person than trying to do it remotely, Um, but we've been trying our best. And and the public has really engaged with a lot of the stuff that we've been doing um, via our social media and our website. So you know, definitely not the same as a normal programming schedule, but but better than nothing for sure. Yeah, I would think that the uh, you know doing things like crafts would be kind of tough to do it online. Yeah, well, the way we've been approaching that is to essentially have people sign up ahead of time so they know exactly what they'll need for the craft, and then they can kind of be led through it. So they'll have everything that they need, whether it's, you know, um, sort of an arts and crafts kind of thing where you're going to need a specific type of, um, you know, paint or something like that. Or if it's a knitting group, you would be ready to go with, like, the knitting materials that you need. Um, So definitely not the same as just kind of showing up here and we have everything ready to go and and we walk you through it. But, um, you know, it's an approximate but it's definitely not quite the same. Yeah, I, I can just imagine that. Yeah. Over the uh, over the last uh, uh, couple of weeks, we've had uh, Jenny Art on from Haverhill Promise, the uh, reading program, to try to get uh, kids to uh, make sure they are up to uh, grade level reading uh, by the, by the third grade. And she mentioned uh, the the e-books that you have. Yes, um, we have really really extensive. Um, ebook collection through our consortium and also just through our own budget here in the library. Um, we do most of our ebook buying through a program called Overdrive. So if you go through our website, you'll see Overdrive listed under our electronic resources. Um, and if you have a Haverhill Public Library card or really any library in our consortium in the area, you can access Overdrive with your library card number. And there's all sorts of ebooks and audiobooks. It's a huge collection. And I will say that since 
all of the libraries in the consortium have been closed, um, a lot of our money has been shifted towards our e-resources. So we've been putting a lot of money into OverDrive and buying more and more titles. Um, so believe it or not, the, the wait times for ebooks are actually shorter now than they typically are because we've been putting so much more money into that resource. So if you're somebody who likes to read on a Kindle or even on like your iPhone or whatever, um, we have a huge selection available. So it's definitely a good way to kind of fill that gap if you're not getting physical books at the moment. Oh, wow. So if you, if you get an ebook, uh, so do you have to have a Kindle or a Nook to do that? You can really do it from pretty much any device, a Kindle, a Nook, an iPad. You can do it on just a regular PC, so you can actually read a book like in your web browser. Um, so it really kind of depends on what you want to do, but almost any device will work with them. It's just slightly different for each device, so when you get in there and you're downloading, it's just a slightly different process depending on what device you're using. How about that? Uh, things uh, things are always changing. Uh, do you do you anticipate any changes uh, in the way that you do business once you uh, are able to open up the doors and let folks in? Yeah, for sure. Um, this week we started in the first phase of our reopening, which just um, allows for curbside pickup. So as of yesterday, we are doing curbside pickup. So it's a lot like you know, doing something like DoorDash or Instacart where you're calling us and you're telling us what books you want and we're getting them ready for you. We have some designated spaces in our par parking lot and you call us when you get here and we just run the books out to you. So there's very little interaction between us and the public and the staff will have, you know, a mask and gloves on so that, you know, we don't have to worry too much about cross-contamination. So that's the first step that we're offering people. And then as the weeks go on, we're going to start to offer more and more. When we first start letting people back into the building, um, it'll be restricted based on headcount so that we can only have a certain number of people in the building at a time. Um, we'll have a lot of like appointment-based services so that we can manage the number of people in the building. We'll, we will require people to wear masks, at least initially. We'll have gloves available. So it'll definitely affect us in that way. Um, we are going to be very careful about social distancing. And then as the weeks go on, and hopefully we can start to kind of relax some of that and add more and more services until eventually we hope we get, you know, back to normal or as close to normal as possible. But it's definitely going to take a little while, and it's going to be in small increments. We're talking with Sarah Moser, and she's the uh, director of the Haverhill Public Library. Yeah, the uh, I know a lot of groups use the library for, for meeting spaces, and, and that's going to be uh, a key to get uh, folks you know, back into the building to do that. Yeah, and that'll probably be a little while because that's exactly the kind of thing that at the moment, you know, we're really not supposed to be doing. Um, meeting room use and in-person programming will be, you know, down the road a little ways. Um, we're really paying attention to what the governor recommends. Um, so we want to make sure that we're in compliance with all of those headcount limits. So that'll be coming, but it'll be a little ways down the road. So we don't want anyone to get too excited about coming back in to use the meeting spaces because we just aren't allowed to do that yet. And that'll be um, further along in our phased plan for sure. Well, we're uh, getting into the budget season, and, and uh, we have a story on the news today about uh, the mayor, uh, you know, telling us that uh, things aren't pretty. Um, what would um, – if you had to uh, not have as much money to spend for the library to, to buy things, uh, how would you handle that? Well, we're actually – sort of a unique case because we have two separate budgets, which is something that a lot of people don't know about our library. 
Um, but going back to like the 1870s when the library was first established by E.J.M. Hale in a partnership with the city, he left a trust, and that trust has grown over the years, and people contribute to it all the time. Um, so the trustees, our board of trustees, actually are an independent uh, 501c3. So they're able to actually provide us with a separate budget every year. So it's actually the trustees' budget that pays for almost all of our materials. So our books, our e-books, um, our furniture, our programming budget, almost anything that you can think of as far as actual materials and collection actually comes from our trustees. So that makes it a little bit easier for us because we aren't dependent upon the city budget when it comes to the material side of things. So we don't foresee... Um, a huge impact on the trustee side of the budget, and we hope that our, we'll be able to keep our purchasing when it comes to the collection pretty much where it normally would be. Um, on the city side, it's very unpredictable right now, as the mayor and the city council said last night. Um, so our city budget applies more to things like um, upkeep of the building and mainly paying for staff. Our city budget is like I want to say about 80% staff expenses. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next you know, couple of weeks and months. But everything's very much up in the air right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's Mr. Hale who left you all the money, huh? It is indeed, yes. So we have you know, a few pictures of him throughout the library. So if you're, when you're back in the building, um, you can see his portrait in different places. But, yeah, he's our, he's our number one benefactor. So he got it all started. Um, back in the 1870s, and then luckily we have a lot of generous donors who have kept up his mission throughout the years, so um, we're lucky to have been able to build that trust, and we really rely on it when it comes to making sure that the library has everything that it needs and can really be up to date in its collection. Now, how do you um, go about uh, making decisions on what materials to buy? Um, well, each section of the collection is devoted to a different um, librarian. So people, we kind of split it between people. So like our reference staff, for instance, are the people who um, would purchase like adult nonfiction. And, you know, our children's staff are the people who purchase all the children's materials. We have a teen librarian, and she purchases our teen materials. And we do that on purpose so that people can have sort of a, a certain level of expertise in what they're purchasing. Um, but we also keep up to date with um, professional journals. We pay a lot of attention to um, the American Library Association and what they recommend. Um, you know, we keep up to date with the publishing world. We pay attention to what other libraries are ordering. Um, and we also listen to our patrons. We always try to keep in mind what our patrons are asking us for. And if it's something that we can justify spending money on, we usually do. And, again, that's why we're lucky to have the trustee budget is because we can – we can buy almost anything that a patron asks us to buy as long as it's, you know, reasonable. Obviously, we can't, you know, just build a new building. Um, but when it comes to a book request, a, you know, a movie request, if someone sees a really cool new app or something like that that would work for us, you know, we definitely investigate it and we try to purchase it. So it's really a team effort when it comes to purchasing, and we try um, – you know, we try to buy a little bit of everything. We certainly don't censor. We don't let our own sort of beliefs or, or tastes get in the way. We try to be 
um, as broad as possible so that we're ordering a little bit of everything so that we can appeal to as many people as possible. Very nice. All right. Well, Sarah, we'll have to get you back. Do you, do you mind? You, you're full of information. Of course, you're a librarian, too. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of part of the gig is having as much information as possible. But, yeah, I'm always happy to share what we're doing because a lot of times we're doing things that people – you know, don't expect from a library. So we definitely like to make sure we're hyping our services and let people know exactly what we can offer them. I think you're the first library uh, that I know of anyway with your own YouTube channel. Oh, well, yeah, there's actually quite a bit of libraries out there who use YouTube. It's a good source because when you're doing, especially right now, doing so many virtual things, it's a great source to be able to put like all of your virtual programming so that people can go back to it and you know, as great as Facebook can be sometimes, it doesn't have the same capacity to, like, store things that YouTube does. So it's been a great resource for us right now doing um, these virtual programs for sure. That's right. Uh, that's uh, HPL Children, right? Yes. Okay. Neat. Do you have any other YouTube channels? Um, that's been the one that we've really done the most with right now. The children's staff has been great about getting programs out because obviously the, the kiddies are uh, missing their programs. So they're trying to do as many as possible so that they can see their favorite librarians and still feel engaged with us when they can't physically be here. No, I, I get I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Sarah, anything else you, you want folks to know about the, uh, the reopening of the Haverhill Public Library? Um, just that, you know, if you're really dying to get your hands on books and, and DVDs, you know, you can do that now through curbside pickup. So just give us a call and we'll do our best to get what you want. Um, and if you have any questions about what our plan is, don't hesitate to contact us. We are in the building um, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5. So we're very reachable. So any questions people have, I encourage them to ask for sure. All right. Well, thank you very much. And Sarah, we'll, we'll get you back on the radio again before you know it. No problem. Thank you. You bet. Sarah Moser, the director of the Haverhill Public Library, our guest this morning here on Win for Breakfast. It's The Wave, 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Win Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV.